I uh, told my wife this morning I'm I'm really was planning to deal with something on communication because uh, I feel that that's such a kind of a strong uh, topic, but I'm not. I'm gonna. I just felt like this morning uh, in my devotion time, the Lord was just kind of changing me and and um, and then hearing what Brother Keeley said. Uh, he would not know what was on my heart, but the Lord did, and um, I think we're going to line up uh, exactly the same. Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, so we've looked at Zipporah and Moses in Exodus, and we uh, see how that they handled each other. Zipporah was, her philosophy was to be stronger, more aggressive, louder. Um, And I talked with the men about this, that there's no doubt in my mind that Zipporah was struggling. She was leaving her home. She was going to a new land, new culture, a lot of fears in her heart, leaving the security of mom and dad. I'm sure that was a big, big deal. All of these things are flooding into her life, and, um, uh, and Moses did not handle it well. He kind of raised the white flag, and um, we read last night how that he just sent her back. It's kind of how he dealt with her, you know? I'm not going to deal with this, and I've got more important things, and that's probably what Zipporah felt like. You know, you've got more important things than me. Are you going to just send me back and... and um, and probably Zipporah argued about, I wonder if Zipporah didn't make that part of her argument. And then when she was sent back, she probably thought, you know, you're sending me back home. And Moses is probably saying, well, that's what you wanted, you know, and you can see the frustration there. But I want us to look at Luke chapter 2, verse 39. And we're going to look at another couple this morning and uh, just look at some a journey that's a little bit different. Verse 39, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up to Jerusalem After the custom of the feast, and when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him." And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. 
And he said unto them, How was it that, that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Father, I pray that you might just help us in this last session to glean from your understanding, to have truth, and Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts that we might uh, be conformed to the image of Christ. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Moses uh, and Zipporah had their own journey. In this passage, we find another journey. It's the journey of Joseph and Mary. You'll notice that Joseph and Mary was a very, uh, their home was very religious. They were what we would call devout uh, in every way. They wanted to honor the Lord. And you'll notice here in verse 39, when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee. So let me just give you a couple of thoughts. There were three feasts that the men were required to attend in the Old Testament. The main feast, if they didn't attend the other two, they were required to attend all three, but the one that you never missed was the Passover. This was the Passover. Uh, it was a very, very important time where they would go up and uh, they would celebrate the days of unleavened bread and then they would have the Passover and uh, they would celebrate their deliverance out of Egypt. They would also reflect upon the lamb and the um, day of atonement. And there were several things that were going on. And it was their, let's just put it this way, it was their revival week. It was their week of of celebrating that they were uh, Israelis and Jewish and their custom and their culture and the deliverance of God and recognizing Jehovah. So it was a big, big religious revival time in their life. And revival's over. If we can say it this way, we've got a check in the box. We're good Jews and we're headed back home. Yay for us. We're better than those guys that didn't come to the revival this week. And by the way, the revival was not uh, like getting in a car and three nights of a week. Do you understand that they, Mary and Joseph, the Bible gives us an idea here that they're traveling from, from Nazareth, from the area of Galilee, and this was a 63-mile journey that they made, not by train, bus, car, or plane, but by foot. How many understand that 63 miles by foot is a pretty, pretty long journey to go? But that's how important the Lord was to them. The, the, the Lord was not uh, something minor. It was a major part of their life. And so to make this journey three times a year, 63 miles... Wow, I would call that a pretty dedicated uh, person. And so here, here they've made this journey, and we find that they've taken Jesus. Jesus here is told that he's at the age of 12. When Jesus would have turned 13, he would have become what they would call the son of the commandment. And at the age of 13, a Jewish boy was part, officially a part of the religious community. He could actually be a part of the, uh, when they would go to the synagogues and be a part of that. That was at that time there. So he was one year prior to that, and he had made this journey here. And I can imagine the excitement of everybody as they've gone to the Passover and to the feast, and they've done all of this, and now they're, they're heading home. And, and um, it's not just, 
It's just not a normal thing with Mary and Joseph. Let's understand who Mary and Joseph are. They have been brought together by the Most High. What God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Sarah, Brother Nance, um, you don't understand. Actually, I had this conversation. You don't understand. Um, you know, my wife was the bartender and I was the bouncer. And this is my second marriage. And, you know, we met. We weren't saved by any means. And we got saved later in life. And you really think God joined us together? Marriage is what God had joined together. And I, I think, Brother Keely, we've not talked about this, but, but let me say this, and I think, I think this helps people. The will of God is for you to be married to the one you're with. You say, well, I, I was divorced, and that was my wife, and you know, my wife's been divorced twice, and we're together, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Whatever your history is, can I tell you, God's will is for you to be married to the one you're with, you're married with. And I still believe this, what God hath joined together. Mary and Joseph, they, they may have had some arguments and they may say this, well, you know, my, my dad talked to Joseph and he made the arrangement and I didn't have anything to do with it or whatever the case is. But do we understand that God had brought Mary and Joseph together? Can we all agree with that? That union was of the Lord. It had, it had the touch of God upon it. God had brought them together. And then we also understand this, that what God had put in their home was not by accident. It was not an accident that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was a part of their home. They had the great privilege of raising this child nurturing this child. They had the privilege of taking the 63-mile hike to Jerusalem and taking Jesus to enjoy the Passover and to celebrate the deliverance. It wasn't a burden. By the way, we've got to stop looking at things as a burden. It was a blessing. They were excited about it. And I can see their community and their friends uh, making this journey. But I want to I quickly jump to the, to the passage here and notice what it says in verse 43. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Stop just for a second, and here is this, here is this devout, religious devoted, whatever word you want to use, who've checked off the box in their lives that we've gone to church, we've done our duty, we've got the religion, we've done the revival, now we're going home, we're getting back to our life, and what was missing in their life was the Lord Jesus Christ. They take a day's journey, notice what it says here, that they knew not of it, in verse 44, and they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey, and they sought among him among their kinfolks and acquaintances. So catch this. Here they are making the journey, 
And as they make this journey, as they, as they go on this route, they're supposing, they assume that Jesus is in this caravan of family and friends and, and he is with them. In other words, here's what they're saying. Watch this. Here's what they're saying. What they're doing is they're, they're traveling with everybody else. They're, they're going in the same direction as the crowd. They're going in the same direction as the religious group, the religious atmosphere. We're all with them. We're, we're all together. In other words, I, if I look at my life and, you know, I'm going this direction and, hey, you're going this direction and we're all going this direction, so it's okay. We're all going this direction. It's not a problem. And, and you know what I just assume? I just assume that Jesus is going the same direction as we are. Is everybody with me on this? So here we are in 2019. And I hear this statement all the time. Well, Brother Nance, I know these Christians and they do this activity. And, uh, you know, they don't have a problem doing that. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I look at their church and, you know, they, they, they don't do invitations anymore. Or they, 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 they uh, have changed their Bible. And that seems to be the popular Bible that's out there. And, and uh, you know, uh, the other homes do that. And, and you know, they, they all let their, their teens go to the dance. And, and you know, they, they let them get involved in these activities and this situation. And, and, and I know other Christians that are involved in that as well. And, and it, it, you know, it's not so bad because everything that I verify in my life as religious, well, everybody is seem to be going in the same direction. Are you with me on this thought? And, and so emotionally, I feel secure because everybody's traveling the same way. And look, there's my aunt, and there's your neighbor, and there's your there's your coworker, and and they're Christians too. And we're all we're all making the same journey, and we're all going in this direction. And the problem in this text is this, they were going in a direction and did not realize it was the opposite direction of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were following something, but not the Lord. They were on a journey, and it felt good. It seemed right. A lot of fellowship, a lot of joking, a lot of laughter, a lot of yeehaw. Pretty big crowd, too. But guess who's not on this journey? Jesus Christ. Is everybody getting it? And Mary and Joseph had to have a conversation. It's a pretty important question. Where's Jesus on this journey? It's a good question, isn't it? Where's Jesus on our journey? I had some teenagers telling me about their Christian school a young man in our youth group who said, Brother Nance, you'd be surprised 
marijuana is the new alcohol. It's the new buzz. He said, I'm pretty sure that everybody in my Christian school, or at least everybody in my class, is involved. I'm like, not everybody. He says, no, I'm... I'm and this, is, this would not be kind of an independent fundamental Baptist school, it'd be a, but it'd be a pretty large Christian school in our area. And he said, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty convinced. He says, I go to work, and he says, you know, I, I, my manager's doing it. And he says, uh, it, it seems to be everywhere. Can I tell you something? We had better do a search in our life because just because the crowd's going one way does not mean that that needs to be our guide for life and marriage. If I can, if I can say this with your pastor, it is not the world that needs to be our guide. It needs to be the living Word of God. Amen. All of a sudden, there was a stop. Joseph, have you seen Jesus on this journey? I haven't. I suppose he's somewhere in the crowd. Well, check with the friends. Have you seen Jesus? We're, we're supposing he's on this journey. He, he's not. Well, check with the uncles. I think he was... Have you seen Jesus? Is he on this journey? He's not on this journey. And all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph had to realize that although the way they were going was popular... And although the way they were going was filled with religion, is everybody with me on this? And although the way that they were going was, was, was the thing that everybody else seemed to be doing, what was missing on the journey was the very fellowship and presence and the person of Jesus Christ. And they had to come to a realization, is the journey more important than Jesus or is Jesus more important than the journey? And I think for all of us, we have to somewhere stop in our journey and we have to ask ourselves this question, is my journey as happy as it is with all the friends that we're going with, with all the direction that we're going with, with all the social media, is, is the journey more important than Jesus Christ or is Jesus Christ the most singular important thing in my life? And I believe with Mary and Joseph that they had to stop and say, Jesus is more important than the journey. Is everybody with me on this? So important that they had to make a U-turn. It's, it's interesting to me that on this journey, the Bible would give us kind of a timeline here. It wouldn't tell us the city, but it's interesting how that the Bible would give us a timeline and a... a um, one day journey from Jerusalem would allow you to end in a city that's called Shechem. Does anybody remember Shechem and how horrible Shechem was? Shechem was a nasty place. Shechem was a place, you remember, that's where, that's where Tamar was raped. That's where Levi and, and uh, his brother would, would uh, murder an entire town. There's not too many good things that happen in Shechem. And I just want to challenge you that you may not plan to end up in a city called Shechem, but that's usually where we end up. Historically, it was a, it was a bad area. And, and they had to make a decision, and that decision was that they needed to turn back, and they needed to make their marriage and their home 
And their new journey was about one thing and one thing only, and that was about pursuing Jesus Christ. Notice here in this passage, the Bible says in verse 44 that after they had supposed that he had been in the company and they sought him among the kinfolk and the acquaintance, verse 45, and when they found him not, notice verse 45. Is everybody with me on this? And when they found him not, they, next two words, what are they? Turned back again to Jerusalem. Last two words, what are they? Yep. Turned back, seeking him. But Nance, we got married, and I'm telling you, when we got married, man, we had dreams, and we had fantasies, and we had even watched some movies, and we watched people get married, and we had spent a couple of hours watching Hallmark, and we just knew how it was going to turn out, man. We just knew when... And we, we got on this journey, and it was exciting, and everybody bought us presents, and, you know, it was just wonderful, and it was like this Disney World thing, and then all of a sudden, Brother Nance, to be honest with you, that as we started this journey, somehow we ended up in Shechem. It's not like I thought. He's not like I thought, and I'm probably not like what he thought. And that honeymoon and romance and Hallmark movie did not turn out the same way that it ends on TV. And we ended up in Shechem. And I'll tell you this, could you give us a list of things of how to communicate better? And could you give me this? And could you give me this? And could you give him some tips? And maybe we could have some more separate men's sessions, because I think he needs about 18 of those. <laughs> and and I, need, I need maybe one session. And we could buy you a library today of a bunch of books. We could stack them up in your trunk. And you could do some lessons together and read some books together. And I'm not against that, by the way. I'm not against that. Amy and I have done that, and it's been a help in our, in our marriage to go through and just, just to try to be better. But can I tell you the number one thing that you need? You need to stop. And you need to ask yourselves individually, are we as a family pursuing Christ or are we just making a religious journey? Because the key is if you'll stop and pursue Christ, it makes the journey awesome. Amen. Mary and Joseph started a new journey. Let me just say it this way. They were all by themselves. There was no parade. There was no fellowship. Kind of an isolated journey. Just the two of them going backwards. It may have seemed that way. But they weren't going backwards. They were actually going forward. Everybody getting the picture here? Where are you going? Well, we're going to go this way. Yeah, but nobody's going that way. But we are. 
well, why, why, why are you guys traveling all by yourself? You know, you're the only ones going that direction. Everybody else is going to Galilee. Why, why are you, you know, it's 63 miles this way. You know, why, why are you going that way? Because as a couple, we want to find Jesus. Amen. We've got to make our marriage about seeking him. He's got to be the very reason we even have this journey. Because if our journey is not about seeking Jesus, listen to me, every time you'll find yourself camping out in Shechem. Every time. Notice what you'll find. The journey was one that they took together. The journey was one that they... And I love that. I'm glad, I'm glad that Mary didn't say this. Joseph, you go find him and bring him back. Aren't you thankful they went together? There's something about that. Hand in hand, together. Their hearts, for once, were, were, were together. They were seeking God. They were sorrowing God. You know what their bond was? Their bond, their bond wasn't about social media. Their bond wasn't about, uh, you know, do you see what I bought over at this store? Their bond was about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what bothers me? Listen to me. It really bothers me when a couple never has a conversation about Christ. When's the last time you had a deep conversation about the Lord Jesus Christ? When's the last time you discussed, what, what, what are you reading in your Bible? Huh? Yeah, 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 your Bible reading. Uh, tell, tell me, what, what, what's, what's your personal devotions like with the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, huh? Huh? Why don't you ask me something about baseball? No, 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 really, really. Uh, uh, what, 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 what are you praying about? Praying? Yeah, are, are, you, are you praying for me? Are you praying for the kids? Are, are, you, are you asking God, what are you asking God to do in our home? Uh, be honest, I'm not going in that direction. There ought to be some flags raised right there. Come on. Ought to be some flags. You're not praying for our home? No. Well, then you're going in the wrong direction. You need to make a U-turn. You need to stop just walking in the crowd and getting your confidence in the fact that we're just with this big crowd making a journey. No, we're not following the world. We're not just going to be some, some home that's a Christian home because we got... We got a cross bumper sticker on the back of our car. No, we're going to make a U-turn, and, and the, together as a couple, we are going to pursue passionately the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're the only couple in the world that has Christ in our home, if we're the only couple in our world that still loves this Bible, if we're the only couple in this world that, 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 that is still going in this direction, I'm willing to make this journey with you because following Christ and seeking Christ is really the journey that I want to do with my life. There's no other journey but that. You know what happens when you make this journey? Let me, let me show you what happens. They, they, they turned back. They turned back, and as they turned back, I understand this. There was going to be difficult. There was going to be no more fellowship with the crowd. There was going to be no more communion with the crowd. It was going to be lonely. But the, the seeking the Lord is a powerful thing. And you'll notice here that they sought the Lord 
And notice in verse 46, it says, And it came to pass that after how many days? Three days. days. By the way, let me just help you with this. I I think a lot of people are looking for a miracle pill. You know, we want to eat one salad and lose 20 pounds. (laughs) You know? Buy the workout video, do it one time, go weigh ourselves. Listen to me, listen to me. Let me just say this. I don't know that I have a biblical proof on this, but I, I want to just say this. That one, the one day that you go without Christ, I'm convinced that many times, listen to me, r- repentance, true repentance is immediate. Cleansing is immediate. But to get back where you used to be, it takes work. It takes work. Some guy's blown up pretty bad with his wife, and he comes in with some flowers and says, I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. To be where you used to be, it's going to take about three or four days. Maybe more than that. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I can just take this journey without Christ, and I'll just be right back where I used to be. No, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. I want to tell you, sometimes God allows us to seek Him. And that seeking period, listen to me, that seeking period is, it, is, is necessary because you know what that seeking does? It allows you to come to the end of yourself. This was not about following and finding Christ as much was about losing myself. I, I, I don't know if you've ever saw it, but notice, notice this. It says here, it says here in this passage, in verse 48, and when they saw him, they, they were amazed. Notice what the mother says in the last line. And the mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee what? Sorrowing. Can I tell you, you know what kind of journey you need? You need one that is wholehearted. I'll never forget one time my daughter's eight. I don't know, maybe she was three or so. And um, I, I, just, I just remember this so vividly that uh, we have a house and we have a room above the garage. It's kind of a, like a, a little uh, uh, bedroom up there and there's some stairs up there. But we've never, it, it, you have to kind of go in these doors and go up it and we've just never taken Avery up there. And so I was out working in the yard and she had been out there playing and she had gone in to see Amy and then she was coming in and going out and I had the garage opened and didn't think that she was, she would find that door and go up those stairs and, and uh, go up that hallway. And so I, 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 I don't know if I came in and said, hey, where's Avery? And I think Amy said, oh, she's out playing with you. And I said, no, she's not playing with me. I, she's inside. And she's like, no, she hasn't been inside for a while. And I'm like, well, she hasn't been outside for a while. And all of a sudden, you, you start realizing, as you're supposing, that she's with you, that she's not there. And so I went into the house. And so immediately, we just kind of went through all of those places and that you know she might be and looking for you know the dollhouse and where she would play. And she's not anywhere in the house. And then you start, you know, I don't know if you've ever been there, but then you start threatening. You know, if you are hiding right now, you come out, you know. <laughs> you better not be hiding from me. And you're looking at any place they can hide. And, and, um, and then I go outside. And I'm, I, I, honestly, I'm telling you, it took us about five minutes to just really search our house and our yard. She wasn't there. And I thought, our neighbor's got a pool. 
So like a madman, I run to my neighbor's house. I jump over his fence. I'm looking. I don't see any body floating in the pool. Then I'm running out and I'm thinking, I live in Tampa. It's not like the hills of Tennessee. Now all of a sudden, every car that's going by, I'm looking at it and trying to memorize a little bit of their license plate. Everybody get what's going on? I run down the street. I don't care who's hearing me. I'm screaming out her name. Avery, where are you? I'm, I'm running into people's backyards. I'm, I'm running down the road. And then I come back. And in my mind, all of a sudden, I am not searching for her like, oh, I lost my keys. I'm not searching for her like, oh, where are those favorite shoes that I want to wear? No, I, I'm searching sorrowfully as if, my life, as if her life depends. Does everybody get the picture here? And I, I'm telling you this, that I am searching, let me just say this, I am now searching with all of my heart. It's not something like, well, you know, if I can't find my keys, I'll use my wife's, no big deal. They'll eventually turn up. No, 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 no. I, I am searching with all of my heart. And I'm telling you, for a couple of minutes, I was, I was praying, it, it, you know, God, I'm, I'm begging you. I'm begging you right now. I hope nobody picked up my little girl. I, I, hope, I hope she's not... God, please help me to find my little girl. Is everybody getting the picture? Can I ask you the last time you sought the Lord sorrowing? The last time you said, God, my home... I need to find you. My marriage, I need to find you. My kids, I've got to find you. I just don't want to read another chapter in the Bible. I, want to, I, need, I need to hear from you, God. I just don't want to go to church and look at my clock the whole time and say, when's he getting done? I want to go to church and I want to hear from God. I'm coming to church today and I'm coming seeking. I'm coming to church and I'm looking. I'm bringing my family because our family, if we're going to survive in this wicked and ungodly world, we've got to hear from God today. Is everybody with me on this? You know what happens when you seek the Lord that way? I wrote this in my Bible years ago. Those who seek Him See him. Notice verse 47. They found him. Anybody want to guess where they found him? Huh. Good reason to go to church, isn't it? They didn't find him at Disney. They didn't find him at the flea market. Where are you going Sunday? I'm going to go play golf. I don't think you're going to find Jesus there. A lot of people go, no, no. They found him in the temple. Notice what it says here in verse 47. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Now, stop just for a second. These doctors and these scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees and probably what we'd call the religious council, which was a member of 72 men. They're, they're, I don't know if they're all there, but a good group of them are probably there. 
And they're just amazed. They're amazed because they're hearing a 12-year-old boy. Mary and Joseph were not amazed because he was 12. Notice what it says. I want you to catch this. There's two different words that are used here. I won't go into both of them, but you'll notice here that the word amazed, ekplaso is the word there, and it means to be blown away, to be knocked down. Verse 48, and when they saw him, they were amazed. You know why they were amazed? Listen to me, listen to me. They were not just amazed because of what they were hearing. They were amazed because I believe it was another another door of light. And Mary and Joseph realized, this is not a 12-year-old boy. This is God in flesh. You know what they were hearing? They were hearing the Messiah. They were hearing Jesus. And I'm convinced that their heart was just exploding as they heard God talk. Can I tell you that when you seek him sorrowing, when you seek him with that type of heart, when you hear him, I'll tell you what you'll hear. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at the word of God. They were blown away. I had a lady in our church I'm kind of a history buff, and I'm I, um, uh, kind of a fan of the Civil War. Um, I had some uncles, or not uncles, but some great-grandparents that were in the Civil War. So I've always uh, just been curious with battlefields and just all of that in our country at that time. And so I had a lady in our church that found a book in a uh, uh, just... A goodwill. It was on the Civil War, and so she bought it and gave it to me. And when she gave me the book, she just said, "Ah, Pastor, I found this book, and you know, thought, thought you might like it." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." I got it, stuck it in my closet. No big deal, just another book. She came to me about two months later, and she goes, "Pastor, that book I gave you, have you have you read or looked at?" It? I said, "Not really." She goes, uh, "You know," she goes, um, "I just want to make sure you didn't get rid of it." I said, no, I didn't get rid of it. I said, I got it. I said, I'll look at it. I said, I could tell it's kind of an old book. She goes, yeah. She goes, uh, have you ever heard of a show called The Antique Show? I was like, yeah. She goes, well, they had that book on there. She goes, it was valued at $3,000. I was like, oh, $3,000. I didn't even realize what I had. <laughs> I just thought I had an old book that she had bought for a buck, and she Paid a buck for it. That's a $2,999 fine. Can I tell you, sometimes we don't even realize what we have. They went to church and they heard Jesus and they were amazed. I say all that to say this. Listen to me. The greatest thing that will help you is as you seek the Lord as a couple as you find God as a couple, as you become amazed at how great He is, you know what you'll find out? You'll find out that a lot of the little tiny things that seem to be problems, they kind of wash out in the presence of God. The little things that are big things, 
they wash out in the presence of who God is. And I want to challenge you, I want to challenge you, that in this world that's going in one direction, I challenge you that as a couple, you pursue the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you might bless us today. Thank you for our time together. I pray that you would strengthen us as we go and leave here. May we pursue Christ. May your word be our guide. May we be willing to leave the journey and follow Christ. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.